Welcome to Love the One You Leash podcast, the home for dog lovers around the world. And don't worry, we've got plenty for your feline friends as well. Be informed, be inspired, love the one you leash and discover what matters most to your dog's health and well-being. Proudly presented by Houndstooth. Only the best natural products for your furry friend and the perfect products for your cat as well. Hello and welcome to our show, Love the One You Leash. I am Rachel Tricarico, your host and founder of Houndstooth. If you have any questions that aren't discussed during the episode, then please head to our website, houndstooth.com.au and send me an email through our contacts page to hello at houndstooth.com.au. Today we have our first guest on the show, Beverly, who owns our brand ambassador and Insta-famous pooch, Bronte the Westie. Welcome, Beverly. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Now, you haven't always loved dogs, have you? No, not exactly. Quite the opposite, actually. I grew up on a small country, in a small country town on a farm in Gippsland, and dogs were always outside. They were working animals, so we never had a dog in the house. And we never really knew anyone that had dogs as pets. So I was actually bitten by one of our cattle dogs and that made me really frightened of dogs. And I'd always been wary of dogs to the point of if there was a dog in the street, I would actually cross the road or walk around it. So dogs were definitely not my thing. I remember working in the in the bank in the town and there was a lady, uh, it was on my lunch break and I went out to you know, get a snack or something. It was a lady with her dog tied up, at, tying her dog up on, on the street. And I um, remember she was talking to the dog and she was saying, oh, no, you'd be a good little girl for mummy while mummy's in the bank. And I remember thinking to myself, what, is that woman crazy? So fast forward 20 years and I'm I'm that woman and some. You know, I'm the person now that you know, my voice message at home says, hi, you've called Beverly and Bronte, please leave a message. Yeah, that's right, Beverly. They, our dogs have really become part of the family, haven't they, and are now family members. I mean, we, we uh, sign birthday cards and Christmas cards from Rachel, Indira, my daughter, and Stella, and I think uh, that's become more and more common. Well, I thought everybody does that, don't they? <laughs> Well, we do that. Yes. Yeah. Every every dog lover, I think, does that. Now, when did you first fall in love with dogs? Well, I was actually working down in the city and someone came into my – I was working in the car industry and someone came in to, to buy a car and they had a Westie and I'd never seen a Westie before. Um, and I remember the dog's name was Harriet and this was 25 years ago and it had this little Dimenti collar on and it was so cute and I actually approached the owner and I said, is it okay if I, if I pat it? Will it bite me? And um, I patted the dog and from then on it was, I think, six weeks or something and I had a Westie of my own, my first Westie Barney. And that was the reason you got a Westie breed? Yeah, yeah. I just thought they were really cute and I'd never seen anything like it and I remember getting Barney and thinking, oh, my God, am I going to be able to look after it because I'd never really had a pet. I mean, I had a a budgie when I was seven or something, but I, you know, had never really cared for an animal before. So, um, yeah, it was just changed my life. Well, as it does, absolutely. And so Barney was your first dog. Yeah. And how long did Barney live for? So Barney uh, lived to be 15 um, and when he got to 13, he became quite an elderly sort of dog and, and I remember thinking, I can't live my life without a dog or someone to come home to. Um, so I got Bronte when Barney was about 13. And it was really the best thing I could have done. It, it really sparked him up. Um, so he went from being an old dog to being almost like a puppy again. And it was really good for Bronte because she looked at him, I guess, for guidance. And so she didn't do the crazy things that puppies always do because Barney was always around and he was quite calm. And so having her as a puppy was completely different to having Barney as a puppy on his own. Mm. I, I really believe in that. If the, if you've got the opportunity to have a yeah, puppy come in when there's an older dog in the house, I think they can learn a lot from them. Mm. And obviously Barney was around before the rise of the Insta-famous pooches. Is that correct? Um, well, Barney was on 
Instagram, but I, I really didn't know Instagram that well and I'd only posted a couple of photos and he was wearing, you know, clothes but only, you know, he had one sweater and one raincoat. It was pretty much before the the days of, you know, high-end dog fashion, I right, guess. Right, right, yes. Well, I mean, since I've been in the involved in the pet industry, I've seen the rise of the Insta-famous pooch with some dogs with followings up to a million people, which I'm sure you would have seen as well. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, we saw the launch of the Instapooch stage at Australia's largest consumer-based dog lover show, where thousands of people look forward to meeting their favourite Insta-famous dogs. What led you to starting an Instagram account for Bronte? I think it was actually when Barney passed away, it was a really good distraction for me. And I thought Bronte was a really cute dog anyway, and I wasn't so much about dressing her up or anything like that, but it was just, it was kind of something as a bit of a distraction for me. And it's actually turned out to be, it's given me another hobby because I really enjoy the photography side of it. And I have gotten into photography and taught myself um, quite a bit of photography stuff. So it's actually kind of been good for both of us. And it was a bit of a, a grieving tool I think as mm, well absolutely and, um, you, and you take beautiful photos we love the photos oh, of Bronte yeah and and what's Bronte's um Instagram account for our listeners it's at bb girl with three r's dog right okay so I like to make things as difficult as possible for myself <laughs> and what, why did you come up with that name was the bb girl taken with one r or you just no i liked just the sound li- I, I liked it to I, I actually wanted it to be a bit like the sound of a dog growl so yes. bb girl girl growl <laughs> <laughs> no that's more a cat isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah well i think we can all relate to talking in different voices to our dogs as dog owners we have an understanding and a unique language that only our dog can understand what made you decide to adopt dog speak on your Instagram account? Well, that was something that actually led on from Twitter because Bronte was on twi- Twitter beforehand, although not very active, and Twitter had character limitations, so you could only use a certain amount of words. So I started shortening words and then spelling them differently And so when I went to Instagram, I looked at Instagram and no one was doing that and I thought to have an interesting account, it would just be a point of difference. So that's why I kind of kept it on Instagram. But, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a bit of a blessing and also a bit of a curse. Can you um, give us an example of any of the languages? Um, (laughs) I'm going to put you on the spot. Just say it out loud. Just just Um, Hi, friends. How are you? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's actually, it's fun. Some people really, they contact me on the account and they love it. They love the way that she speaks. But then also I think I've created a, a nightmare for myself with, text correction on my phone and sometimes I post things and it, it says exactly the opposite to what I've wanted because autocorrect has changed what I've actually meant. So um, I do spend a lot of time editing her posts actually. Yes, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot of work. Have you ever thought of changing the language back to human language and uh, saying that Bronte's all grown up now and speaking like an adult? <laughs> Look, I have I I have thought about it quite often actually, but you know, I always have those people that comment and, and say how much they love the way that she speaks and it's kind of it's her thing now, so I think unfortunately I'm stuck You're with stuck it. With it. And it's very unique and that's what makes her her, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And look, I mean some people do reply in her language as well, which is quite nice. Yes. Yes, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Absolutely. And who do you think your main audience are on Instagram? Main audience is uh, women, I think, and our main audience is Australia and then the UK. You're right. Okay. So um, a few followers from Canada and America, but, yeah, mainly Australian and UK audience. Right. And um, a lot of Westie uh, owners? Yeah, mainly Westie owners. And I think that's... 
I think that's the same for all dog breeds. I think mm. most people have a breed of dog and that was the thing. When Barney was getting older and I was considering getting another dog, I actually thought about not getting another Westie because I loved Barney so much that I didn't think it would be possible to love another dog as much as Barney and I thought if I got another Westie, I'd always be disappointed and comparing her or him to to Barney, to that breed. So I thought if I get a completely different breed, maybe I won't feel those things. Yes. But it turns out, I guess it's just like humans, everybody's different. They all have a different way of loving you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and we considered that with with Stella after Hugo, whether to get another Staffy was going to be the right thing or not. Yeah. Um, And you're right, they're all very different and – exactly like humans have their own personalities and I think if you love a breed um, they do have certain traits that are very similar to Mm. across the breeds. Now we've seen quite a lot of changes in social media over the last few years. One of the biggest changes to Instagram was removing the like option, the like numbers on the um, on accounts and posts. Has that impacted your account? It, it hasn't actually. I initially thought it was going to be a bad thing because we were lucky enough to be one of those accounts that were getting, you know, over a thousand likes for a lot of our posts. Um, and I was kind of like a bit disappointed that nobody else could see that, but that's just like a showing off thing. I actually feel that it's better now and I feel like it's not so much about likes, but it's about engagement and how many people actually take the time to comment on your post I think it means a lot more to people that are posting if someone's going to comment rather Mm, than just seeing a like because you can just I mean and I've been I've been guilty of doing it too just going through and just hitting the like button because it's easy and I don't have to read the content yes if I'm in a hurry but you know that if someone has taken the time to comment that they've obviously read your content and they are a genuine follower and they're really interested in you know what your account is about yes yes and and what any particular posts that you find uh, more engaging than others back in the day I always thought videos videos always got a lot more engagement but really with my specific account I have a, a a thing where we go to grandma's farm which is the farm that I actually grew up on where I became scared of dogs. And so Bronte has her own, you know, she wears overalls and things like that when she goes to the farm and flannel and and, um, <laughs> and she looks gorgeous. I was making a lot of those images. It's a real um, farm dog. Yeah, and yeah. so a lot of people actually like those, you know, oh, yes. you're going to grandma's farm. Yes. Those posts tend to get a lot more engagement. And in Grandma's Farm, that's your grandma or is that's that Bronte's grandma? <laughs> that's that's my mum. Your mum. Um, and, you know, she's still not a dog lover. She's right, the, she's right. She's a hard okay. working farm woman. Yes. So uh, how does she cope with Bronte being she, there? Well, she's, she's look, she's better than she was when I first started taking Barney down there. When I first started taking Barney, she would, you know, she really hated having him in the house and he's definitely not allowed in the lounge room. Right. And I remember I went into town to catch up with some girlfriends and I said, you know, Mum, will Barney be all right here? And I left him in the kitchen. And I came home early from the evening and she had him locked in the laundry at like five o'clock in, in the afternoon. It was an afternoon thing. Five o'clock in the afternoon with the with the blinds Blind drawn. Sh- oh no! Right. You know, and one other time, she tied him up in the garage. Like yes, he's never been yes. tied up in his life. So, um, yeah, she's look. She's warmed to Bronte, but you know now it's twenty years of me taking dogs yes. home. Yes. But she was very get that dog away from your face, Beverly. Yes. Oh goodness. Absolutely. I can remember. Um, I think, look, obviously we don't want dogs close to our face if for fear of being bitten, And but there was also a big fear of germs. Yeah. And I grew up with that too. I grew up with um, quite an Anglo-Saxon background and I can hear mum and nan even saying now, don't let the dog near your face. <laughs> don't let the dog lick you. Um, yeah, so uh, things have changed, haven't they? Oh, drastically. Yes. For the better. Absolutely. For the better. Yes. 
Now, in, social media obviously has its positives, but there also can be negatives. Have you had any bad experiences with trolls or negative comments on Instagram? I've been pretty lucky. So Bronte's seven now, and I, I think her I started her account when she was, I don't know, uh, 18 months old or something. So in that time, I've only had one bad experience with a troll who just left a horrible comment. Um, and it was actually brought to my attention by one of uh, my other followers. And I just reported that person and their account was deleted. And I think with dog accounts, I don't think there it doesn't attract that many bad comments or mm. bad people. I think the worst or most frustrating thing I've had is that people steal the images or use my images on their account, which, you know, I'm fine for people to take Bronte's account or images and, and use them as long as they credit her account. Yes. But I did have someone on Facebook take a, an image of Bronte and she animated it and um, called it her own dog and put this horrible voice to Bronte. And that was actually brought to my attention by one of my followers as well. And she'd done it, she'd been doing it for three or four months or something. Right, okay. So, so and how did you approach that? I just, you know, sent her an email, uh, sent her a, a message, voice message, a, what do you call it? An instant yeah, message. DM. D- direct, yes. Sent her a direct message, you know, just asked her not to do it. And she was actually pretty good. Yeah, Most people okay. are, I yes. think. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There needs to be a level of respect. I mean, generally, I think most dog accounts and um, brand accounts, dog lovers, it's it's a positive industry. Mm. But I'm sure there's at times people take advantage of different things. And you're right. I think the image use and not giving credit is probably quite widespread. Yeah. Now, do you also use other social media platforms for Bronte, like Facebook? You mentioned you had Twitter earlier on, or um, which what's become exceptionally popular, TikTok. Um, yes. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I I I really stopped using Twitter once Instagram took off, and um, I've only been using Facebook for the last maybe two years and that basically is just a default from whatever I post on Instagram goes automatically to Facebook. I did have that set up with Twitter and that was why I stopped Twitter because Twitter doesn't post the images. It just posts a link and then you have to click on the link. I just kind of like the images because I'm a pretty creative person as well. So I like the flow um, and, and seeing the images. So yes, I definitely have Facebook and I have recently set up a TikTok account for Bronte. Well, I haven't seen that. Haven't you? No, no. Although I'm not on TikTok. Oh, yeah. I have to. Oh, uh, it's so much fun. Use my daughter's TikTok. To have yeah. A look. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, they're all different platforms and TikTok's a bit of fun. Yes. Um, and she doesn't obviously have a great following because she's just started. But, yeah, they again... TikTok is kind of a creative thing as well because yes. you can make it however you yes. want. And it seems from from what I've seen with TikTok is your account can grow rapidly yes. compared to I think the, the organic growth across uh, Instagram or Facebook appears to be a lot slower than what TikTok is. Am I right in thinking that? Well, you are. I, I mean, I had Bronte's account and I, I had only posted three videos over a period of maybe three weeks, and then I posted a video that I didn't think was that great, um, and she got 100 followers overnight. Yes, Yet right. the video only had 247 views. Right. So it's a really weird algorithm on TikTok. Mm. I'm not quite sure how it works. So I'm at this point I'm just posting on TikTok for a bit of fun to create some, you know, funny little videos. Yes. Yeah. But it's not, you know, Instagram. I, I quite like Instagram. I like the the platform and I like the front page, the flow of the front page, although I don't know whether many followers actually go to a person's front page very often. Don't know, no. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm the same, Being you know, having that creative um, interest, I love looking at um, the, the full view, so yeah. the, the platform. I find that the followers between our Instagram and Facebook account very different uh, and engage very differently. I think, um, uh, would you feel that as well? Yes, definitely. I feel like the Instagram followers 
I don't know whether it's a, a certain younger group or whether I feel like Facebook's a more mature audience. Yes. And, and they tend to engage in a different way. And, you know, without offending anyone, I feel as though they're a little bit more informed. Now, whether that becomes with maturity or – and that could be just because Facebook started many yeah. years ago and Instagram's quite young compared to Facebook. Um, so we were probably all on Facebook way before Instagram yeah. was around, whereas the, the up-and-coming generation is much more familiar with Instagram and probably prefers that over Facebook in many ways. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. Mm. Now, we know Bronte loves a good outfit or two, mm-hmm. and we've, you've actually brought in a couple of beautiful outfits for me to have a look at. <laughs> How many clothes does Bronte have and which are her favourites? Okay, so clothes. That was one thing when I first started Instagram. She had a couple of clothes. She had a couple of tops and a bandana. And I remember looking at another account and thinking, that woman has got so many clothes and bandanas for her dog. That's outrageous. (laughs) And I had never intended it to go so over the top as what it has. And a lot of people have sent us clothes. So I did a bit of a count in the wardrobe the other day and she does have 70 coat hangers. Um, That's 70070 coat hangers. And then she's got like a section of her folded sweaters. Oh, yes. And, you know, wing cheaters and things like that. Uh, She's got two big boxes of bandanas, a lot of which I've made actually, and I have made some of her. Um, So it also – Instagram is also – got me back to my old country skills of sewing Sewing. and knitting (laughs) because I knitted her a sweater and I knitted myself a matching beanie, of course. Of course. And I've sewed her a couple of flannel shirts and stuff to wear on the farm and I also was sewing her bandanas for a while. Right. So, yes, her wardrobe is quite extensive. So does she have her own room or does she take up part of your wardrobe or have you got a, a a specific area in the house just for Bronte? Um, well, I've got a specific area in the house where she sleeps, but her clothes don't fit in there. So she's actually got – I've got a spare room and her, all of her clothes are in that wardrobe, actually right. hanging like human clothes. Yes, like human clothes. On um, on children's coat hangers. Right. And Colour-coded. Ha- oh, colour-coded. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> just like my my front page on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. And I know that um, Beverly's very particular when she's walking Bronte that her clothes match her hardware, her leads, her collars, and Beverly also makes sure she matches with her clothes and her shoes, I've noticed. Yes, I do. <laughs> Which is lovely. It's that, you know. I just feel like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, I don't know, I, I couldn't. It's like, it's like wearing... Uh, non-matching lingerie. Underwear. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I, I hear you. I'm the same. That. I wanted to say that. Yes, yes. yes yeah. I'm the same. And so, how do you care for the clothes? Do you do you wash them? Are they some that need dry cleaning, or do they get dirty? Well, look, they don't. A lot of her clothes don't really get dirty. They only get worn from the bedroom to the lounge room where for I'm a photo shoot. Yep, for a photo shoot. <laughs> she does have some practical things. So she's got a couple of parkers and things like that that I wash and I most of the stuff just goes in the washing machine. Yes. Okay. So it's fine. I mean, her obviously her really, really good things don't get worn on a daily basis. So right. Yeah, I don't know how I would go to the dry cleaners and say, <laughs> would you mind dry cleaning this dog outfit? Oh, look, I'm sure they, they do. I'm oh, sure they, they get Yes, do. yes. And she obviously enjoys wearing clothes because I've had – um, Stella will wear a coat, but Hugo would not wear a coat. He'd put it on him and he wouldn't move. He'd almost freeze. Yeah. So there are some dogs that don't enjoy it, but obviously she's comfortable. Oh, she loves it. She's actually, I actually ask her whether she wants, because she is a West Indian, she does have a double coat, so her coat is quite thick and when it gets a bit longer it's quite warm. So I'm also mindful of, you know, not making her too hot. Yes. But I will ask her if we're at home and she is, and I think it's too cold. I will say, "Do you want a coat on?" And how does she answer? And she she comes up to me and she'll she'll come up to me. It's gorgeous. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or I might go to put a coat on her and she'll run away. Yes, and I'm like, and you okay. Know. Yes. So yes. and I can always tell if she gets too hot, she she'll roll on her back and rub try, it, try, try and scratch. Yes. 
And so I just know that she's too hot. But she's actually really good. Like I just put the coat over her head and then I say, right, pour up, and she just puts her paw through, left right. pour up, and she'll put seasoned yes 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 i've actually found out that she's left she's a left poor dog not a right not a right poor it's interesting isn't it yes yeah absolutely the more time we spend with them the more you realize um how much you read their their body language or know their body language and it's a it's a subconscious thing isn't it yeah absolutely and they have so many expressions as well yeah it's just yeah dogs are amazing Yes, they are. They are. Where would our life be without them? Exactly. So you must get approached by many companies all the time wanting you to promote their products. How do you decide which ones you'll choose? I guess it's really easy for me because I would only promote something that I 100% would use and would and believe in. We have often turned down things um that just haven't kind of fitted with my belief system. And I'm also, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm very, I live a very healthy kind of lifestyle. So I couldn't promote a brand of food or something like that that wasn't in line with the way I live in being 100% healthy or natural. Yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I think it's just about being honest. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's good to hear. So uh, you've been a houndstooth brand or Bronte's been a houndstooth brand ambassador for, it's probably been coming up 12 months, isn't it? Yeah. Soon, yes. Yeah. Uh, how did you hear about us? So I actually knew you. Um, we were acquaintances, I guess. Yeah. Um, and even though we were acquaintances, I never knew that you had houndstooth as a brand or had any really involvement in dogs. And it wasn't until... I because I used to work in a shop nearby, and I saw you with Stella, yes. And, and then we started talking about dogs, and I remember commenting on how shiny her coat was and saying it was beautiful. She obviously had a healthy diet, and then you mentioned that that was your business and that you had the grooming range, and things just kind of went from there. Yes, I, I mean I can remember us then we 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 were speaking about Bronte and. Uh, Bronte's coat and if Bronte had any skin issues and what you fed Bronte and it um, just opened up the door, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So getting back to Bronte and her coat and her skin and diet, what are the main concerns you have with Bronte? Well, Westies as a breed are generally known for having skin issues and I was really lucky with my first Westie Barney. He had never any skin issues Whereas, and Bronte didn't until she was about three or four, and then she got bitten by a flea. And Westies are allergic to fleas, so then they have this thing called, um, I think it's atopic dermatitis or something yes. like that, that develops. And um, ever since then, her skin, she has flare-ups. And that period of when she got bitten by the flea, she had really bad rashes on her back and like eczema and this dermatitis for about three months. And I was washing her every two days in a a chemical-based shampoo, which was really bad for my skin. And, you know, it it sort of helped. And then I I ended up, I think I ended up just stopping it and 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 the problem settled down a little bit. But ever since then, she does have flare-ups, whether it's to do with her diet um, or to do with the, the seasons or whatever, and she does get irritated in and around the same spots. Yes. So it's obviously once it's triggered it's that. It's sensitive. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I, 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 if my memory serves me correct, when we first uh, spoke, I dropped off to you, I think it was the Stella's Blend yes. shampoo yep. and the Cocoa Spray Rescue and Relief Spray for yep. her skin. Uh, and I guess that's it was through the use of those products that she ended up becoming a houndstooth brand ambassador. Yeah, it was because I think well, once we used the products, and I mean just the fact of the fact that they're made Australian made, that the products are absolutely beautiful, they're all natural, and the results that we got that I got with Bronte with her skin were just amazing. So the Stellas was great, and that's kind of like our backup shampoo I guess but when she's had really bad flare-ups I've used the hem shampoo and it's it's just so incredibly good 
and smells so good, but the results that we've had with that for her skin issues has been outstanding. Mm. And and that's why we launched the Hemp Shampoo to support the Stella's Blend, which has Manuka Honey Essential Oil, which is uh, fantastic for itchy skin. But the Hemp Shampoo being uh, the hemp seed oil um, blended with the goat milk is an anti-inflammatory. So when the skin is really inflamed and really itchy and sore, using the Hemp Shampoo just... Um, relieves it and reduces that inflammation through the skin. Yeah, uh, and actually it's funny you should mention that because I'd sort of have been using the Stellas quite a bit because her skin has been pretty calm, but the last last month she has, you know, you see those dogs, the white dogs that have the red on their paws. Yes. Well, she'd been licking her paws and she had all little kind of bits of infection in her paws, and so I actually just bathed her I put a little bit of water in the basin and I just had her paws and I massaged the hemp shampoo into her paws and kind of left it on there for a couple of minutes and it, it was like a miraculous cure. Yes. Like it was so just good. Relieved it. Yeah. And then do you use the cocoa spray after you've washed or in between the washes to keep the allergens down on the paws? Yes, I do use the... Because occasionally she still might lick and so I'll use the cocos and I find it a good deterrent as well because she doesn't like to lick the tea tree. No, they don't um, like it. But, yeah, no, it's been great. Yes, yeah, it's very soothing and cooling. I swear by it. Stella had a rash under her arm last night, which uh, I know she, she just she'd stopped jumping up on, on my daughter's bed and I'm like, oh, that's why is she not jumping? And um, somehow whether it's been an allergy, but she's just got it under her, her arm and I put the cocos on last night, a couple of sprays before bed and this morning it's it's 100%. The redness yeah. is gone and it's healed and she's much more comfortable. Yeah, it's So, great. yes, it, it and is And I also great. like the fact that because I can separate Bronte's paws because where the, where the actual itches and the redness is right in between her paws, so I can pull the paws apart and get the spray nozzle right up the top next to her fur and spray it and it goes straight in. So it's actually um, it's actually really easy to use as an applicator as well. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, so what do you think your favourite grooming product of Houndstooth is? Hmm. Um, I love them all. I really love them all. But I love the hemp because, because of the the way that it actually works. Um, but I also love the Stellas because Bronte's a white dog and I feel like it actually keeps her coat white and I know that it still works because it's a, it's a formulated for sensitive skin. Yes. So unless she's got a flare-up, I love the Stella shampoo. Yes. And I yes. love the fragrance of the Stellas. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, you know, without playing favourites, it's one of my, it is my favourite in terms of the aroma of the mm. essential oils. Oh, but I also love the waterless. Oh, yes, yes. Um, that's yes. really handy because yes. Bronte's a white dog. I mean, she's actually, with her coat, she can she can actually get quite dirty and then the dirt dries and it just brushes off her. And people that follow us say she's always white, but I don't bathe her that often actually. I maybe bathe her every six weeks unless yes. she's got some sort of issue that I need to address. So the only place she gets kind of a bit dirty is it in her ears or on the sides of her ears because she goes on play dates and the dogs, when they play, they bite oh, each other's yeah, of ears. of course, and they get a lot of slobber around their, yeah. their ears and then it picks up all the dirt because yeah. it's damp. And that's where you use the waterless. Yeah, so that's where I use the yeah. waterless. So yes. it's actually great. It's yes. just kind of, you know, I just put it on and massage it in and then I, I generally wipe it off with a warm face washer and she really likes that. Yes. Yes, because it's quite nice and yeah. soothing. For yeah. And you wash Bronte yourself, don't you? You yes. don't use groomers. No, no, I wash and groom her myself. So um, she was never a fan. She's Well, she's really not a fan now of having a bath, and my last Westie wasn't either. But once she's in the bath or in the – I actually wash her in the laundry basin, uh, she's actually fine. It's only when I get to the last part where I have water on her face yes. that she doesn't like it. But for the most point, she'll actually just stand there and she quite, li quite likes the, you know, massage. Yes, and the, the warmth yeah. as well. Um, look, not not a lot of dogs are, love their face being washed and obviously – 
you know, as dog owners, we're very careful how we wash a dog's mm. face. Yeah. But, um, yes, it can feel very foreign for them to have water around their ears and their eyes and, um, you know, the shampoo potentially yeah. going into their mouth. Um, they, they know how to protect themselves and that's why most dogs shake when you get up towards their head to sort mm. of get the water away. So now you're also using our hemp seed oil mm-hmm. uh, daily with um, Bronte's feed, which you've seen big improvements in her coat and her skin and her well-being through that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, b- before that, I, I guess I was always mindful because I'm a health nut as well, and that was one thing with Barney. Even though he got to 13, he never had any sort of arthritis or anything because I'd given him fish oil yes. all the time. yes. I was giving Bronte fish oil and, you know, occasionally maybe once a week I might still throw her some fish oil tablets just because I feel like, I don't know, variety, whatever. Yes. Um, but the hemp seed oil is more of a staple where she has it every day and I think it's, well, it is better than the fish oil because it's a more, is it a, a more pure blend it's of omega-3? Hi- yes, it's, it's higher blend, um, higher levels of omegas. And it's it got broader levels of omegas as well than what the fish oil does. Yeah. And yeah. so I also am mindful that if she does have, you know, grass allergy or whatever she's got on her paws, like she did last week when I used the hemp shampoo, that I actually upped yes. the dosage that I was giving her of the hemp seed oil. Yes. So And she loves the flavour of it. Yeah. So, yes. So do I. I have been... I- no. <laughs> I have. Well, it is human grade, so yes, yes I have been. I know you have, have it. A, have a look at yes, I have it daily, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't met a dog that doesn't love the hemp seed oil in mm. flavour. So it's a very easy supplement to give them. Mm. Uh, and then the feedback we receive of, in particularly dogs, um, the the shine and quality of their coat, as well as the reduced skin inflammation through the hemp seed oil, and uh, dogs with arthritis, joint inflammation as well, are finding really excellent results with it. Yeah, I can imagine it would be because I know just from, from Barney and him not having any arthritis and the fact that also Barney had bone, Barney passed away from bone cancer and I actually looked at his x-ray last night again because I remember I when I called the vet, one of the vet nurses said to me, oh, you know, I don't even know how he's still walking. He's bones are virtually virtually decimated right and which was a bad thing to say um but i really believe that because he coped so well because of the because fish, of the fish because oil of, it was the joint yes. it was right on yes. his shoulder joint right and so that's why i've always continued to use the oils and now having the hemp oil which is a much higher concentrate of all of the omegas yes you know I, there's no way i would not give it to bronte as part of her diet yes yes Yes. So uh, what other houndstooth products can Bronte not live without? Treats. Treats. <laughs> oh, God. Treats. Yeah, and I do particularly like the houndstooth treats. Of all of the treats that we've tried, well, that she's tried, she, she's not fussy. I mean, she'd eat anything, I think, really. Yes. But I think for me, the fact that I know that there's only like three ingredients and also the way that they are designed in that it's a – you know, a long slab and I can just break bits off because when I leave the house, I break little sections of the treats off and I throw them in different areas. Usually she's got them all before I'm out the door. <laughs> but but yeah. it's still a nice game. Yeah, it yeah, is a nice yeah. game. <laughs> and, I, you know, I wish my house was bigger, but, yes. you know. Um, Does treats. she have a favourite? Salmon. Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah, I think she's allergic to chicken and it was just the problem, the, the fact that when she got the flea allergy, I was also giving her chicken. Yes, okay. And I have tried her on chicken once um, since after that and she didn't have a really, her skin reacted. So I'm thinking she's allergic to chicken. So I just kind of stick with the salmon because it's a low allergy yes. product. And I, and I was feeding her kangaroo and she did like the kangaroo treats, but I'm not 100% sure that she's not allergic to kangaroo as well. Now. Right, right. So, um, but she loves salmon, so yes. that's great. And if it doesn't upset her stomach, which salmon's oh. great for any sensitive stomachs as well, but mm. and it's keeping her skin um, allergies low, then, yeah. you, yes, I'd stick with the salmon. So getting a bit more information about Bronte, what's the story behind her name? 
So I don't know why I wanted a Scottish name because she's a Scottish dog because Barney was the first Westie I had and that's not Scottish. But what I wanted was a name that sounded, that went well with Barney. Um, and because I'm BB, Beverly Barlow, he was Barney Barlow and she is Bronte Barlow. Yes. And I actually wanted to call her Biscuit because I followed yes. a dog on Twitter that was called Biscuit and I thought it was a cute name. But Biscuit and Barney didn't sound that great. Yes. So that's why I chose Bronte. And she doesn't look like a biscuit. I think she's almost, I think she's a bit too, I have nothing against any dogs called Biscuit, but I think Bronte really suits her. It's quite feminine. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know whether it's a Westie breed thing or not, but, you know, I'm sort of planning ahead in the future and if I got another dog, it would be obviously another B name. yes. And I'm thinking Bronte and Brittany, you know. (laughs) But I was was saying the names together and I think, I don't know whether it's a Westie thing, but there are other Westies that we follow on Instagram and it's always the same name. So there's Emma and Eve. Right. Walter um, and Wesley. Yes. Moxie and Maddie. Yes. So I don't know whether it's just a Westie thing, is it? I don't know. I think there's, um, I think it can be a bit of a dog thing. Carted that some like, uh, well, actually, if you go back to when we were growing up, there was a lot of children that were brothers and sisters of the same family and they used to use the same Same letter. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you think back, you know, there's a lot of um, my cousins actually have got Jason and Justine, but that was very common. Yeah. Uh, So, it's true. It's sort of part of the family that, um, you know, and some even would use the same first name as perhaps the father of the family as well. Hmm. Hmm. So it's, the, it's a nice, I don't know, it's a nice uh, it sort of makes them part of the one family, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. yes. And so it goes nice with her surname. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she has got a longer. It's actually Bronte Cream Puff Boncha Usol Barlow. So, that's so that was pedigree. her pre- yeah, pedigree yeah. name. The Cream Puff wasn't. I put yeah. the Cream Puff in. <laughs> But that's actually what's on her pedigree papers. Cream puff, best in show. (laughs) Come on, that was the best movie. Yeah, it was. Very good movie. So what is Bronte's most embarrassing secret single behaviour? You know, that that behaviour that we all do when we're single and we think no one's looking. Yeah, she she licks her private parts. (laughs) You know, and it's really, and I actually saw. Thank goodness we can't do that. But you know what's happening. And so I'm thinking, I actually caught her doing it this morning. And there's, the way TikTok works is that you can use other people's audio. Right. And so you know that audio that Scott Morrison did with, stop it, it's not helpful? (laughs) Yes. I'm going to film her when she's doing that and I'm going to play that audio and that is going on TikTok. And that'll go viral. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, poor Bronte. Oh. If only she knew. No, it's just not. It's not oh, nice. dear me. Okay, well, yes, we could go on about that. Do you yeah. think she does it? Does she do it for attention or she just, it's just a habit? I think it's just a habit. habit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, okay. moving on. <laughs> so where does Bronte sleep? Um, she sleeps in the laundry. Um, she's got a... a a crate. I crate trained her as a puppy, which if I got another dog, I would do the same thing. I just thought it was a great, wasn't invented or even heard of when I was bringing Barney up, bringing Barney up like a child. child. Yes. <laughs> when I, when I had raising Barney. Barney. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, having a crate and training her, doing the crate training, she was toilet trained in six days. So, and I always thought I'd get her out of the crate. But she just loves it. It's like a little yeah. den. I've, it's not the original crate that I got, uh, that I used as a puppy because she's bigger now. Uh, but I replaced that crate with a bigger crate and she just loves it. And it's, it's really handy because when we go to grandma's farm, yes. I just throw the crate in the throw car the and she's always in her own environment no matter where she sleeps. Yes. Yes. So I think that's a really good advantage for people that are having you know, that are, have puppies or, you know, that travel a lot. Yes. Because once they've got that space, they can be... They feel very secure. Yeah. Look, if crate training's done done well and correctly and 
uh, is a positive experience for the dog. It can be excellent. They feel safe in there. Uh, if they're at the vets, they're in crates, so mm. they're used to that environment. It's mm. not as stressful for them. And you're right, travelling. I always had a crate in with Hugo in the car because he really didn't like car travel, oh. and he used to get quite distressed. And it was more about um, confine, you know, making sure he was safe and confined. And he'd settle down after about five minutes and fall asleep. But initially, I think he used to get a bit car sick. Mm. Uh, but I didn't use it in the house. It wasn't, you, there wasn't probably as much um, awareness around crates when I had him, but I did with Stella and uh, it, it was amazing. It really was. Mm. But again, it's, you know, about doing it correctly, making sure it's a positive experience yeah. for them. Uh, so what's the worst thing Bronte has ever done? Um, <clears throat> the worst thing, it was not a bad thing for her at the time, and when I look back, it was actually it was actually quite funny. But you know, Bronte's obsessed with food, and her food obsessions are the only thing that's ever gotten her into trouble because she's a very, very good dog. She doesn't really do anything bad, and she was never naughty as a puppy. But when it comes to food, she has eaten fertilizer from tomato fertilizer. <laughs> And had to have her stomach pumped, um, even though it was hidden in a cupboard. And yeah, wrapped she found it. it. She found it. She ate um, some other stuff that, again, she got a stomach pump twice in twelve months. <laughs> but the worst yes. thing she ever do- ever did was um, she ate some rising some bread dough that was left by my dog sitters on the floor to rise. And apparently a lot of people, when they're making bread, sit it on the floor near the heating vent to rise. Oh, right. So it's got and some warmth. So it's got some warmth. So she snuck in there and helped herself, thankfully only to a little bit. And they managed to tell me when I went around there to pick her up. And um, I took her home. So it, it had happened at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon and I was picking her up at 330 and I just sort of mentioned, you know, oh, how was she today? And they said, oh, well, she got in a bit of trouble. And they said that she'd eaten this little bit of bread dough. And they didn't think anything of it. And and they continued to bake their bread. Right. Um, because they're dog lovers as well. Yes. And so I took her home and then I started to think about it. And I thought, bread dough, that could be yeast. That could rise in a tummy. Yes. Um, and so I Googled it and it is very... Very dangerous for dogs. I can imagine. So, um, because it's swelling in their stomach, it's is swelling. That the main yeah, problem? and yes. so it can make, um, it can give them like bloat and it can make their intestines twisted. twist. Twist, like a colic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, it can be deadly. And so I rang the animal emergency center and I said, look, she doesn't have any symptoms. And by this stage, it was, you know, four hours had passed. Um, and they said, look, just monitor her. So I did monitor her. I gave her her dinner. And I gave her sort of some water and stuff because I thought I might try and, you know, dilute and yes, pass it yes. through her. And she didn't have any distended tummy or anything and she seemed to be fine. So then she just went to sleep on the on the couch at 6 o'clock and she was like knocked out until 9 and she was snoring. And I thought, phew, you know, dodged a bullet. Yes, dodged a bullet. Um, and then when she woke up, she went to get off the couch and she fell off the couch and so the other bad thing about eating bread dough is that the yeast can ferment in their stomach oh. and turn into alcohol. Oh, okay. And she can... And she they, was drunk. She was drunk. So she had alcohol toxicosis, but she was so drunk that she couldn't stand up. She oh, didn't know no. who I was. And so when you spoke to the animal hospital, they didn't... Well, they they, they said if she... advised that. No, well, I had actually known that, but yeah. I thought... By this stage now, it was 9 o'clock, so it was eight hours yes. after. And I sort of thought the worst of it would have passed. And she, if it was going to ferment, it would turn into alcohol, it would have done that before. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I didn't realise I had a personal distillery in my yes, own, yes. on my own sofa. So I got it, raced, to, raced her down to the um, emergency animal centre and they basically couldn't do anything. They just monitored her for a couple of hours. Thankfully, you know, she survived, but... When I when I picked her up, um, when I went to collect her, you know, I was in there with a the vet discussing, you know, and the vet said, oh, you know, I think she's got alcohol toxicosis. So I was like, obviously, she smelled like a bottle of vodka. Yes, like right. Like she smelled like nail polish remover. Um, so I took her back home. It was 2 o'clock in the morning, and she was still quite drunk. And I didn't obviously have a very good night's sleep because I was thinking I might not get away. Yeah, what am I going to do? Yes, she's still going to be alive. Yes. 
Um, but the minute I walked into the laundry, the smell of alcohol, it was unbelievable. It's and it, unbelievable, isn't it? You yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, the things that you need to think about. Yeah. And she's yes. a 10 kilo dog. Yes. And she was still smelling, her breath was still reeking of alcohol at three o'clock, you know, the next yes. afternoon. But goodness, thankfully, thank goodness she, she came through. Yeah. Yeah. So that's by oh, far. Yes, there's been yes, yeah. some frightening things. So I can say my dog's been drunk. Drunk. <laughs> And, so, and live to tell the tale. Live to yes. tell the tale, yes. So what's your favourite thing to do together? Um, go to grandma's? Go to grandma's, <laughs> yes. Love going in the car. She loves going in the car, which is really good. So you're going to grandma's. And also in the winter, um, Bronte's not a very affectionate dog and a lot of Westies are not. They're quite aloof. Right. Um, my previous Westie was not affectionate at all. If I picked him up, he would be just like, put me down. Right. Like he'd give yes. me a beautiful, a lovely welcome and everything. Whereas Bronte, she will give me a hug if I pick her up and she'll grab onto my shoulder and push oh, her head gorgeous. into my neck. But then she's had enough and she yes. wants to just go. So in the winter though, I don't know whether it's cold in the crate or it's just a habit that she started that she comes into my bed at, you know, six o'clock and she gets under the covers with me and she snuggles right in beside me and puts her head on my shoulder and she'll be there for 15 minutes. Oh, and it's it, yeah, that, that's so good. And then she'll special. just get up and go. Yes. Whereas, you know, if I ever took Barney into my bed, he would be so far down at my feet and right. I'd be thinking he's going to smother himself. That's so almost he, like a cat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so like, <laughs> I want to be here, but I don't, I don't want to any, be yes, anywhere near you. Right. Like, don't touch me. Just look at me. Yeah. Whereas, you know, she does that and yes. it's just like, Those little you know. snuggles are very special, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. absolutely. So if you had the attention of the doggy world for just 10 seconds, what would you say? What would I say? Mm, I don't know. Of the doggy world. Yes. Um, what do you think Bronte would say? She has the, oh no, she's got the attention of the human world, doesn't she? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is that like a trick question? No, no, I just, uh. What would you say? Oh, what would I say? What would Stella say? Stella would probably say, walk more, eat more, sleep more, love yeah, more. That's and love true, more. But- I don't think dogs can love more, though. I think some could. Do you think? Don't you think? Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, dogs... I think they love us, but yeah. I think, um, yes, I think some dogs don't love uh, oh, everyone. Each other. <laughs> they? Or so each other. It's a bit like that's humans, true, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Bronte's yeah. thing would definitely be just like, just feed me more. Yeah, feed me more. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. think, I think dogs would want to be able to eat chocolate. Because my yeah. first Westie did eat chocolate and nearly died. Yes. Broke into a sealed box that was wrapped up as a gift inside a cupboard. And found it. And found it. Yes. And it was dark chocolate truffles. So oh, he also God. had his stomach pumped. <laughs> no, we've, we've had our stomach pumped a few times too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, but that's another conversation. Mm. But, yes, I think, yeah, dogs, they do miss out, don't they? <laughs> not, not eating chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, Beverly. Thanks for coming in and talking oh, to me welcome. today. It's um, I loved hearing more about Bronte, and I hope that um, you who are following have uh, enjoyed our podcast today. If you'd like to follow Bronte on Instagram, her account is bbgirldog, and girl is with three R's. And if you'd like to find out more about Bronte, then please visit her ambassador page on our website, www.houndstooth.com.au. So that's the end of our episode today. Until next time, love the one you leash. Thank you for listening to Love the One You Leash, proudly presented by Houndstooth. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. Find out more about who we are and what we do at houndstooth.com.au.